We'll save that for the director's cut. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, we should do another <laughs> podcast where we listen to our own podcast. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find some of the coolest university technologies so that you don't have to. We want to add to the volume of some of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that live on a shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher. Yay. <laughs> Science wizard. Sorry, I get confused because Joe sometimes doesn't like going first. He wants yeah, to, no. No, I should always bashful. go first. Should you always go first? Mm-hmm. We need to change yeah. the order. Yeah, always. Okay. It's better that way. Okay. It also, really is. This feels natural. Do you like it better? Yeah. I don't. It freaks me out. It's so weird. I'm working. You look freaked out. I know. I'm going to need some recovery time. So you're Joe Rungi. Hi, Wait. Joe. Yes, I am. You've introduced yourself. So I, Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog. Entrepreneurial werewolf. Entrepreneurial werewolf. Yeah. Patent lawyer. Putters around the office. <laughs> Cannot operate a photocopier. Nope. True story. But I sure can tell you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review. Please tell your friends. Please go to some large sporting event, possibly where an injury occurs, and hold up a giant banner that says, hey, television station, Innovation Overground. Yeah, instead of John 316. Right. Innovation Charlie, Overground. Joe, and, and uh, I want to say Taylor. Tyler. 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 Yeah. Sure. Yes. Awesome. Okay. All that said, I think it's – well <clears> – <throat> Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah, let's just move on. Okay, all that said, let's. Uh, I do want to talk about something I saw. Speaking of football, um, I did see. I was watching a game a couple of weeks back, and it was uh, Alabama was playing their quarterback Tua. I can't pronounce his Tag last Viola. name. Tagovailoa. Nice. Yeah, I can't. I wasn't even going to try to pronounce it. But For anyway, the win. He. I don't know. He had like a high. He's had a. I thought he was out because I thought he like he had a high ankle sprain, and then I guess they operated. They put some. Pins and ropes and lattices and things in his ankle and is like cured. Tightrope. It's a new tightrope procedure developed by like Dr. Andrews, right? Who's doing all these innovative procedures on football players and happens to be the Alabama team doctor. Wow, that's as well, amazing. So. That's crazy because we're talking about an injury that that was pretty close to season ending and now it's like two weeks and the, the kid's in the game. Yeah, the turnaround time, the, the recovery time is crazy on yeah, that. Yeah, so I kind of want to yeah. talk about this, it done some in of these both orthopedic. Now too. Oh, really? Yeah. He's uh yep both ankles. So what's going on with 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 some orthopedics that yeah yeah that is that's kind of in that same vein because I'm just amazed at what they can do now with some of these really serious injuries. Yeah, so even even that procedure and other procedures like it, um, very cool. They can speed up recovery time, but they still haven't found a great way to not put metal inside of your body. So Right. It looked like they yeah. screws. I think it looked like, well, that was a graphic. It was a sports pro broadcast, so who knows how accurate the science was. But it looked like they had, like, screws to anchor these these yeah. so artificial just, tendon just, down. I mean, and this is, like, literally, these are, like, like you know, like wood screws that are going it's into your more your akin bone, to like, carpentry than it yeah. is to surgery, right? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the plates and stuff don't fit. They only come in a few different sizes, like shoe sizes. And if it's not a perfect fit for you, uh, they got to do some hammering. They get the chisels out, it, literally, yeah. and make it fit, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, there's been a lot of developments around personalized medicine and orthopedics to make sure that 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 metal plate has a guide and fits you perfectly. It's just your plate made off of your anatomy, so that's good. 
that can reduce yeah, some some, cool. some extra uh, labor during during the procedure, right? Um, but there's also been developments uh, in research around getting away from metal and using other materials to to fix your your fractures, right? So one uh, was developed by doctors Lou and Cipriano at University of California Riverside. These are bioresorbable orthopedic implants. So now they use something that that temporarily is is mechanically similar to metal screws that's strong, provides support for things like an ankle uh, partial fracture or like a wrist fracture, but will eventually just be absorbed into the body and then gotten rid of naturally. What do they do now? Like if somebody has a, uh, let's say they have like a, com- or, you know, what do you call it? like a spiral fracture or something in your in your forearm, and they have to kind of put everything back together with pins and plates and things like that. Yeah. Do they go in and take those things out, or they or do you just live with those for the rest of your life? Uh you live with them, but they have a li- they have a shelf life or like a lifespan inside of you, right? So, um, if so, so that's the thing. Um, and what really drove this research was trying to come up with better solutions for kids because if you're a child and you have this done to you, or if you have this, if you're ch- if you're your child breaks their arm or leg or something. Um, they're probably the, the lifespan of the of that fracture fixation plate's not going to be likely as long as your kids. It'll have to be replaced at some point, which is additional pain. Obviously, it would have cost. to be replaced. They couldn't just take it out. Your bone wouldn't heal to a point where it wouldn't need the plate anymore. <sighs> well, but the plate can actually impede the growth of the bone, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This that makes sense. Point to sort of hold it in place using you know carpentry, right? That's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, the screw doesn't grow. And so, you know, how your body's going to change just as an adult, let alone a child, that, that's a huge complicating factor for orthopedic intervention. So that's another good point, too. With this technology, these bioresorbable nutrient-based um, alloys, these are like uh, magnesium alloys. So uh, zinc, um, these, are, these are minerals that actually promote bone growth themselves as well. So you're we're using these, these researchers are using these rather to create screws and plates that help not only temporarily uh, hold your bones together, but then also promote the healing process so they can grow together more naturally. And eventually over the course of a couple of months, they'll just dissolve away. Just be gone and you just got your own And now your bone. bone's healed. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, Tell us is more. Cool. Yeah, these are, okay. Uh, these were actually just the patent was just uh, granted or issued a U.S. patent last April. They are ready for for prime time. I think they're they're at least ready for licensing and and a clinical trial. So yeah, that's cool. So another way to view it though is while conventional orthopedic tools are being improved by new materials, there's also new options for treating orthopedic disorders. Mm. So one issue is that if you have an injury in one of your joints, you're at higher risk for um, osteoarthritis. And so the idea is, as we've kind of been talking about, your immune system is very powerful. And as you sort of have these big complicated immune responses in the wake of like a large injury, if I'm in a motorcycle accident and you know really mess up my leg or have a really bad break, then for a long time, I'm gonna have exposed bone associated with the site of an injury and inflammatory responses. And every day that that occurs, my chance for osteoarthritis in- increases because my immune system can confuse and start thinking that the parts of the bone it doesn't normally seem because they're on the inside part of the bone could be a foreign object or there could be enough foreign objects associated with it that it starts getting confused. So uh, actually this is a startup company out of the University of Iowa 
in beautiful Iowa City, Iowa. Um, they are currently, it's a company called Cartilogen, and they have licensed from the University of Iowa a nanocomposition. It is a sustained release nanocomposition. So the idea is as part of their treatment regimen associated with um, you know, large traumatic injuries associated with your joints, is part of the treatment regimen would include periodic injections of this nanocomposition that has within it, or it's, it's a polymer, I'm sorry, not necessarily a nanocomposition, but it's a polymer that has within it this whole slate of anti-inflammatory drugs. These are known anti-inflammatory drugs, but the route of administration is different. And by sort of injecting this into the site of the injury periodically, you dramatically lower the risk of osteoarthritis because you have the sustained release of drugs that just sort of slow everything down, that essentially prevent that escalation of immune response to actually become a I think I remember. Was, was this out of the, was this another one of those Midwest Drug Development Conference? Oh my gosh, you were there? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, that was a party, man. So, But yeah, no, this was one of the companies that presented there um, out of the University of Iowa. But again, they sent the startup that, you know, instead of being a faculty-led presentation, it was this clean-cut young entrepreneur that was, you know, really excited about his technology. Um, and they're actually looking at this point to raise money and scale up to actually start providing the solution. It was a fantastic pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like the, the, the point is, right, like we kind of started talking about how orthopedic surgery is a lot like carpentry, right? And that's not a bad analogy because they've largely used similar tools. If you look at, you know, kind of a, a bone saw or whatever, they look like really nice versions of, you know, conventional tools. And I think that orthopedic surgery has done amazing things for people, people who have been crippled, right? Like without the ability to replace hips or replace knees. Those are essentially leaving people home ridden, right? And if they can't leave the home, then they, you know, have all kinds of psychological and physiological consequences from that. But now with more advanced materials, we're sort of making all the downsides of these amazing life-saving surgical procedures less significant. We're making it easier yeah. to have custom fit implants. We're making it easier to have faster recoveries. Um, you know, if you simply look at the success rate of orthopedic surgery, it's dramatically improved just with improvements in technique. When you add on top of that, you know, really cool drug administration like we're seeing out of Iowa, if you add on top of that cool new materials for treatment like we were talking about at the top of the show related to Alabama or some of the work that Tyler's talking about related to new materials for orthopedic implants and screws, that's really going to change the scope of, of what we can do and, and what these type of surgeries are, are going to be. Uh, able to help people with really bad injuries. So how close then is this um, cartil what's the name? Cartilogen. Cartilogen. How close are they? I guess they're looking for investors at this point. Are yeah, they, they're are, still are they close to, to market. So uh, the for kind of the ambitiousness of their project, they are still going to need to demonstrate that the um, uh, the, the actual um, thing that holds the anti-inflammatory drugs is able to release on the scale that they're going to do, that it's still safe and effective. But they're already, you know, well on their way of establishing that, but they're not, you know, to my knowledge, cleared for, or at least they're not indicating their materials. They're cleared and ready to go yet. Okay. How about, what about the, um, the bioresorbable stuff, Tyler? How close are they? Yeah. Um, they have a really good patent position. They, they're going to need some more uh, clinical testing. So they're still in the preclinical, um, but they are, they are ready to ramp that up, I believe, if so, the right licensee were to come along. One thing that's really important to keep in mind is these really powerful technologies, they're also going to be more complicated from a regulatory point of view. Like, for example, if I have an orthopedic implant that's inert, 
then you know my body's going to grow over that and wall it off and I'll have a metal screw that doesn't really mm-hmm. interact with the rest of my body. These magnesium compounds are really interesting, but they also are almost like having an orthopedic implant made out of drugs. And yeah. so you have to basically get approval that it's a functional orthopedic implant, that the drugs are safe and effective, and that you know all of those sort of statements that are listed in there. And so yeah. generally, the more ambitious a company is, you know, the more risk that you have associated with it. Well, you have... You have we have some time, and I don't know. You have some experience with magnesium in particular. Can you is that something you could talk about? Yeah, magnesium is amazing, right? And you know, there were efforts to make magnesium <clears throat> stents years and years ago. Stents are kind of complicated because there's this sort of useful window in which you really need to keep a blood vessel open, but then it's just this wire mesh that's inside of one of your arteries, right? Yeah. And there's complications that can come from that. So a really good stent would be one that would sort of open up, hold it open as long as you need. And then when your your arteries recovered from essentially being stretched open by a balloon, it would go away. And magnesium has a really short half-life inside of uh, the body. I mean, it absorbs really, really fast. And that was actually the problem. There are all these German engineers that tried to make magnesium stent crafts and they literally couldn't keep them long enough. Hmm. They would just disappear while they still needed support. You know, I'm assuming these were animal models. I kind of hope so. But um, so magnesium kind of had a moment in the 90s and wasn't really functional for what the applications they were looking for. It's really interesting for orthopedics, though, because Hmm. if you sort of take a plate, right, that takes a long time to absorb. It's not just some teeny little wire that's in this fast-moving blood vessel. It's in your hand, and there's not quite as much, you know, absorption. Although, interestingly, the absorption patterns – are not always what you'd predict. Sometimes they actually absorb faster if there's no blood involved because they're just being absorbed by your tissue. So the chemistry of it, and and this kind of gets into when you add new variables, you never know what's going to happen. And then you never really, really know what's going to happen until about 30 years after you do the surgery. And so it just goes to show that, you know, to really, to the standard of safety that we assume for a lot of the products we have, it takes a long time to really do it. That's yeah. So, so that the that the potential benefit is oftentimes proportional to the risk, right? And right. Which is what Joe was uh, was getting at so eloquently. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think on that note, unless there's anything else, I think it's no. Good. Please check the show notes. We will have links both to cartilagen as well as the bioabsorbable orthopedic implants. Okay then. <laughs> uh, so yes, learn more about the uh, future technology in the program notes. Also, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Unimed, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska at Omaha and the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Also, KVNO Studios where we do our recording. Thank you for the generosity of your time. Uh, for Tyler Share and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton on the Innovation Overground. <laughs>